0: Sure, most of us if we've been serving the Lord very long, we know that we have those times. And we think morning will never come. But isn't it amazing? It always has. 1973 Carol and I hadn't been married very long, <clears throat> and a tornado come through down in Kentucky where we lived. We lived on a single wide trailer. We lived about the way the crow flies, maybe three quarters of a mile to a mile to where that tornado hit. It was lightning, thundering, raining, wind. They found horses in the tops of trees. They found woven wire fence that was wound up just like that and the fence posts were still standing up. They found drinking straws thrown into brick houses. You've seen and heard of that before. But what's amazing was, Carolyn and I didn't even know it hit. We lived in a single wide trailer, you can imagine that. So we get out the next morning to go to work and we're seeing all this devastation and thinking, what in the world happened? Several people lost their lives. It was a, a terrible, terrible thing. Houses destroyed, livestock all types of things, and yet we were totally unaware of it. But there's been other storms I've been through and that you've been through. I was well aware. I was aware of the loss of life. I was aware of the discouragement and the sadness and all that went with it. I mean, knows what I'm talking about. But whether it's in a storm that God is so protecting you and helping you that. You look back and you think, how did I ever make it? And then you look at others and think, Whew, that was close. <laughs> but either way, you're going to make it. Amen. Aren't you glad? Amen. We're not here today gathered thinking, well, maybe I might be able to make it till next Wednesday night. No, we can have such a relationship with God that no matter what takes place, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt. He's with us, and his plan cannot and will not be destroyed. Amen. How many of you believes that with all your heart? First Peter chapter four, verse twelve. <clears throat> we welcome you today in the house of the Lord. Trust you've come to receive something from God, not only to receive, but to give something to God. Our love, our adoration, our praise, our worship. First Peter chapter four, verse twelve. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. So apparently, Peter felt like he needed to warn the people of God. Whenever heavy trials would come, that they wouldn't look at it and think, This is so strange. Why am I going through this? How could it be allowed that I would deal with such trauma? Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery. Look at the word fiery, what it means. A burning. The burning by which metals are roasted. Roasted. So they're not just held over the fire and then pull them back, but they're actually hung over the fire until they are roasted. You know what I'm talking about? Where you stick a little cream puff marshmallow on the end of your stick and you hold it over the fire and you hold it there until the desired color change has arrived. And then you pull it off and try to eat it without scorching your mouth. Right? Or a hot dog and you stick it on the end of a stick and then it swells and swells and that's probably where some of you are today. You're all swollen up. But it's because of the fire. A burning, the burning which metals, by which metals are roasted and reduced by a figure drawn from a refiner's fire. Calamities or trials that test the character. But rejoice. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah. After we're roasted now, we rejoice. But rejoice inasmuch as, wow, ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. So you can imagine the trial that you go through. Now not self-inflicted of things that we do to ourselves, but that he and his wisdom allows to come to pass. And he actually attributes that to a suffering that you have done with him. It's as if though you were hanging on a cross, and you were being beaten, and you were being striped, and you were being chastened, that's the way he looks at it when we come through it faithfully. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, listen to this part, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also, praise the Lord, with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, which is those that are not saved, on their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. Aren't you glad that's your part today? I may like to be remembered as we pray today. Let's just bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the songs that we've sung, every prayer request, every testimony thus far of the service. I pray today, Lord, that you would help me to be able to get out of the way. You alone can be able to custom fit a sermon that will be able to meet the heart of every hungry person. And Lord, we know those that are streaming are many times over what's, what's here gathered. So I pray that you would help me. Lord Jesus, please. Help me to move aside. Help me, Father, that I can be able to get out of the way and speak the words of life. Your God, you saw the hands that were uplifted, signifying a need on many in their hearts, and I pray you'd be mindful of them. Father, you see these prayer calls that I have today? It's for three wayward children and their families. Lord God, we can look around and see the signs of your coming. We can see how things are becoming so dark how can we not be concerned about our children, our loved ones, husband, wife, whoever it is that's out of the ark of safety? Lord God, be mindful of these three, not only them, but others are standing here today with friends and loved ones that are lost without you or backslidden. Would you be mindful, Lord God, we pray in the name of Jesus. And the saints said, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> We know the word teaches that no man or no woman that is looking for a companion for life should make such a decision or such a choice without prayerfully, prayerfully considering such a choice. That choice can be such agony and such difficulty in life if it's the wrong one. If it's the right one, a marriage can be a little bit of heaven on earth. That's what God intended for it to be. Marriage is supposed to be a reflection of what heaven is going to be. It's miniature heaven. You'll have battles and difficulties, of course, but you have your husband or wife to be able to help you through those things of life. And this is why that we're instructed then before that we would decide on this man or this woman that we want to live the rest of our life with. That we don't look so much at their financial status. We don't look at where they fit in society, how they say their nouns, their pronouns, you know, how they know how to do this and that. But are they matched to you as an individual? And it really takes the Lord to help us to do that because we are so easily deceived when it comes to our emotions. And we can think we're in love with somebody, and then it doesn't take, you know, some people six months or a year, others three or four years, and then they realize that was not the person they thought they was getting at all. And then they begin to realize what a terrible, terrible mistake that they made. So we have the guidelines given to us in the Word and in the message of the hour to help us to be able to make such a decision. As you've heard me or other men, as they will stand there and go through the wedding things and and they they will welcome you as the guest. And then they will begin to go toward the vows. And believing that you have consented toward God and toward yourselves, I will now present to you the marriage covenant. Will you so and so take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife? Will you love her? Will you cherish her? Will you honor her? So on and so on and so on. And those vows are so easy to say when everybody's standing there and the the dresses are beautiful and the suits are all crisp and clean and pressed. But then whenever you put away your beautiful wedding gown and the man takes off his tux and then he starts wearing his old dirty tennis shoes and he starts taking off his clothes and piling them in a pile. And you didn't realize he'd done that. You thought he was a neat freak. No, that was only until he got you. And then once he got you, he's going to revert back to being what he was, the same old him. But you see, God himself, unlike us, God has the ability to be able to look forward and to be able to see things that we cannot see. And he is able to choose by his own choice who he wants to be in his bride. But unlike us, we try to choose one that matches us as best as we can and those that we feel like there'd be a, a, an area of compatibility and religion, an area of compatibility and the way we're gonna raise children, our finances, so on and so on and so on. But inevitably, there's gonna be things that you're gonna face in life. And ah, oh, you didn't discuss that, did you? You did not think about that. And here you have your first big argument because you wanted to spend Christmas with your parents and you didn't realize he wanted to spend Christmas with his who live in Arizona. So you didn't discuss how the holiday things is going to work out. So then you've got this big argument and disagreement. But yet, if you really love one another, you're able to work through it. And somebody's going to have to give a little bit, more than likely both of you. But the difference between us and God is that God is able to look down through time And see every one of his kids, and he placed an element of them in every age, so he would always have someone to bear witness of his life. Now, there won't be many, but there doesn't need to be. But unlike us, to where we wish we could change our husband or wife, or maybe some of you do, you wish you could change him. And you wish you could modify this about him and that about him. And maybe some of your brothers think, I wish I could change her. There's not a question in my mind that some of you probably wish you could change me. As you're a pastor, you wish I wouldn't do that, and you wish I wouldn't say that, and you wish I wouldn't do that. Can you imagine what kind of preacher I'd be if 600 people or so would be able to change me? i would be your style today, and your style Wednesday, and your style next Sunday. I'd sort of have to be preaching 25 times a week in order to get around everybody in a few months' time. But God, unlike us, God has the ability of taking up junk, absolutely off the scrap heap of humanity. Looks like worthless, helpless, hopeless, of no value at all. And start molding in those people what he knows he wants to be his bride. Now with us, there's certain changes of course that can be made and we all still make them because we love our companion. And we want to do what we can to be able to get along in life. But God doesn't have to have, really, a whole lot to work with. So he saves us, sanctifies us, fills us with the Holy Ghost, and quickens that seed that is down inside of us that he himself placed there. Now, unlike us, whenever we pick our mate, we hope and we pray and we try to talk and sort through everything and we find little differences, but we say, well, we can work through that. But God has the ability to be able to take those which seem like our character less. They have hardly any at all. They come from the scum of life. They are, some of them, the off-scouring of the world. Some of them are so far gone, even the devil thought there's no hope for them. And some of you probably thought just so far gone, there wasn't no hope for yourself. But God has the ability, unlike us, to make such major, major changes in people that he can pick a people which would not look like a wife. And by the time he gets done with them, they are the elite of the elite. Totally unrecognizable. Their family don't know who they are. Their friends don't know who they are. And they don't know who they are themselves. Because the Spirit of God begins to work such a work in their lives and totally transforms them. Now we know the way he does this is he allows his own mind to be in us. Now if we all had the same mind today. And we come to church for the same goal, same motive, same objective. We want to see God move in this place more than anything else. And we are willing to do whatever we have to do to allow him to do so. I wonder what kind of service we'd have. I wonder what kind of church we'd have if we made up, every one of us, our mind from this day forward. Every service that I'm going to be in from this day forward, I'm, my motive is going to be to worship God. I don't care what the people think about me. I don't care if they like it or they don't like it. I'm going to get in with all of my heart. I'm not going to sit there like a bump on a pickle. I'm going to amen the word. I'm going to say praise God. Brother Donnie ain't going to have to say, and the church said to me. Brother Donnie ain't gonna have to say, let's everybody raise their hands to me because I'm a son or daughter of God and I'm gonna do it because I'm ordained to do it. Wouldn't that be something if we all had that mind? Well, if we did have that mind, now this is what happened on the day of Pentecost that they were in one place and one accord and they'd receive one mind, but that mind was not yet the mind of Christ. Now, the mind of Christ is that supernatural element according to the teaching of the seventh seal. The mind of Christ is that supernatural element which does not come by reading the Bible. It does not come by listening to tapes. It does not come by listening to me. It does not come by listening to your favorite preacher, whoever that is. It can only come by a supernatural endowment of Almighty God himself. But you can see if God had found a way to be able to drop in every member of his bride the same mind, They might be different cultures, different colors, different backgrounds, so much about them that would be so different, but if he could take the carnal mind out of each one of them and drop in his own mind, then even though they would still be different in their makeup and difference of opinions about this and that, but the mind that was in them would be of the same mind, which would be the mind of Christ. Now, what I just described to you is the bride that's going in the rapture you see there's lots of folks around this message that will never be broad material they've got quotes they've got the doctrines of the message down pat and they've got all this that and other we've seen over the last few years many of those and whenever the believe the sign thing come around I know of preachers around this message that had been in this message for over 40 years and they turned away from it and said William Branham was a false prophet well you see where the message was up here and never here Well, come on now, how could God ever give you his mind and acknowledge the word is true and then all of a sudden the same God lets you know that you was in in an occult? Well, there ain't no way, that's the spirit of God. But if we all had the same mind, you say, is that attainable, Brother Donnie? It's not only attainable, it is prophecy. Now, the mind that was in Christ Jesus is in every believer, there is the soul soul's in prison now, November 1963. Now the mind that was in Christ Jesus is in every believer there is the soul. There is the soul. So God changes our nature And God drops in the elect, every one of them. Now, this is not just the prophet, and this is not just preachers only, but every member of the elect has, or will have, if they don't have it yet, the mind of Christ. So they may become part of them, come from India, part of them from Africa, and I've been in many of those parts, and I've told you before, you go there, and the worship in India is totally different from that in Mexico, and in South America, and our worship here may be a little different from the northern brothers and sisters up in Ohio and Michigan, places like that. But yet, when it comes right down to it, every member of the bride will have the same mind. Now, Satan hates this, so what he loves to do is to sow discord and contention among the people and get them arguing over this doctrine and that doctrine and to a lot of the message, folks. That's all the message is anyway. It's just a bunch of doctrines. But this message is not just a bunch of doctrines. It is a message from God to get us ready for the rapture in the last day. Is that right? It was not a doctrine that died for you on the cross it was not a doctrine that raised from the dead. It is not a doctrine that's coming back for you, it was a person. And if you don't love that person with all of your heart, I'll tell you one thing, you better get to praying. Now God can be able to take people that it would seem as if though there would be no hope for them all to ever arise above their own sin and fallen nature, much less to rise into a super race. And you see what God does? And he takes those people and he will begin to mold them and shape them. Now he has years and years and years of his program before most of them. And then what will happen? He starts shaping them. And he does not unload it all, of course, at one time because he knows we could not take it. We could not take the stress. We could not take the anxiety that comes with a child of God. I know, I know the people out here in the world, they're feeling it too. They're feeling the stress. You're not the only one. But yet you put a foolish virgin in the footsteps of a righteous virgin, a wise virgin, and let them try to walk there in three or four weeks' time, they'd have their brains blowed out. They couldn't take it. There ain't no way in the world they could take it. Why? Because they don't have the spiritual metallurgical value inside of them. Now you say, what in the world are you talking about? I'm talking about Abraham being a silver dollar and Lot being a penny. So Abraham had a spiritual metallurgical value that a hundred lots, a hundred lots it would take to even come close to Abraham. And you could never ever change the value of Lot. He hung around the messenger, he hung around the message, but yet it never did really change him. He was a lot when he started, he was a lot in the middle and he was a lot when he finished. Praise the Lord. And Abraham was an Abraham whenever he was called of God. I wish somebody would preach with me this morning. He was an Abraham when he was backslid down in the land of Egypt. He was an Abraham when he went over and was called up again and said, this is my sister, not my wife. He was still an Abraham. Come on, somebody. Why? Because God had chosen him to be one of his. Now we look at Jacob and we look at Esau and we know by reading the scripture and what the prophet has told us about them that Esau was a much better man as far as a good person. He was a much better good person than Jacob ever was. He was a liar, he was a supplanter, he was a deceiver but the seed fell at Jacob, not in Esau. And God was able to take a man that no doubt his daddy looked at him. And we know that his father, he actually preferred Esau above Jacob. Is that right? And we know many times it'll be that way. Because there was no doubt things about Jacob that he thought, how can this ever be? The one that'll carry on the seed lineage of God. How could Jacob ever do it? Why, he's a deceiver, he's a shyster, he's a trickster. There ain't nothing in the world can ever get a hold of that boy. Oh yes, there is, his name is Almighty God. And when God got done with Jacob, he turned him into a prince, praise the Lord. He turned him into a prince. So only God can take a man like Jacob and turn him into a prince insomuch that he wrestles with God himself. But you know when God begins to set this in motion and we may look like that we're doing really good for a while and then the spirit of God will start turning up the pressure. Oh my, how we all dislike pressure. Except this water pressure in our house. Isn't it aggravating if you live in a part of of, of East Tennessee here where there's so many hills and all that and the people down in the valley have got a good 60, 65 pounds pressure and in your house you got 45 and you're thinking we're hooked up to the same Elizabethan water. What in the world's going on? I pay my water bill just like they do theirs. I stand out there and wash my corn. It takes two hours because I'm. And they stand out there in their garden hoses like a pressure washer. They just wash all over Arizona. All we we hate it because we got low pressure. But how many Christians today want the pressure turned up on your life? Ah. Oh. You notice my hand didn't go up either. Now I know that's a reality because the Babs, my son-in-law and my my daughter and their family and the Parkers live over the hill from me and Carol. And they've got the office bunch of water pressure that ever was. And if I've got one of my garden hoses on and try to water a plant in the front, I can't hardly do it at the same time because there ain't enough pressure to press, push up that hill apparently, and to be able to get it out. Well, that's the way people are sometimes, that God chooses his, and he will let the pressure come to them as he knows they are able to take it. And if we're not careful, we'll lose sight of the main goal of why he's doing this. That is, he's taking us and going to process us and turn us into a people that the angels of God will bow themselves before us when we walk down streets of gold. Is that going to happen by just the new birth? It will not. Will that happen just by attending church? It will not. How will that happen when God begins to mold in us a character that will match him? Now think of it, do any of y'all here today believe that God would marry a liar? Anybody? Anybody believe that God would marry a drunk? Prostitute? Whoremonger? Dope addict? So whatever kind of woman God marries, proves what kind of God he is. Just like a man when he picks a wife or a woman, chooses a husband. Then it shows if she sees him as he is and marries him. And then she looks and say, well, that's what I wanted. That's the kind of man I wanted. I wanted a man that cussed me out. I wanted a man that wouldn't be true to me. I wanted a man. Well, you say, well, most of them would never do that. Well, if he's that type of a fellow, what do you figure that you're getting? See, we don't have the ability like God to be able to look in there and see a character which is there in the molding, but it's laying there in seed form. And yet it can be brought to it through years and years of testing and trying. One of the largest diamonds that were found many years ago, and they studied it and kept it for years and years before they ever cut it. So they x-rayed it, they put it through sonograms through different types of things because they're studying the light, the way the light hits it. Now every diamond, almost every one of them is going to have an element of carbon on the inside and that is called inclusions whenever you're looking at diamonds. And they want to study that diamond and see how they can cut it to get the most out of it because a diamond in the rough, it does not have the ability to reflect light or release the fire as we say. So they study that diamond and they look at it from this shape and that shape and and they cut it. Some of the most famous diamond cutters that there have been for centuries are the Jews. And then you know a thing about diamonds, know that Antwerp is where that the great diamond market comes from. So before they would be able to take this diamond and cut it, now should they just take it and cut it into one gigantic diamond? Or should they take it and cut it, make one great big one and then some smaller ones and then some little bitty ones? So they study it and they study it and they try to put in a computer graphic and figure that if they do it this way and they leave this one great big chunk of a diamond, then would it be worth more? Would it have a greater historical value? Or would they be better off to take and cut it into multiple pieces? Well, you see, the Lord God did this. The Lord God brought his great diamond to the earth. It was himself in the form of a human being. We called him the Lord Jesus. And then God's great plan was not to leave this diamond in this gigantic, perfect, sinless form as the son of God. But his plan was to cut this diamond and take from him a piece and another piece and another piece and another piece and another piece because the way he looked at it, it would bring him more glory and more honor if he had multiple sons and daughters of God all over the earth than it would be to have one perfect one on the throne of God in heaven. The way he looked at it, if he could multiply that one and cut off of him another and another and another and another. Now, of course, those of you that are in construction, you know you have diamond-coated blades, saw blades, diamond-coated this and that and the other, and diamonds are used for all types of things. And so the Lord God decided before the world ever began, before there's ever a man, there was a plan. Before a man was ever lost, there was a cross. So the Lord God decided that he would create himself in diamond form and he would allow the light of all the brilliance of his majesty to show forth down through time. So in the beginning was the word and there he started. So he had this program within himself and he wanted to divide himself and give me and you and every other son and daughter of God, a portion of himself. I don't want your spirit and you shouldn't want mine. Praise the Lord, I don't want somebody else's spirit. You know, the prophet said it over and over again. I was looking at it last night studying. And he said, you walk into a church and he said, you watch the pastor, if the pastor jerks his head a certain way, many times you find the people in the church doing exactly the same thing. Now he said, if we're not careful, we will find ourselves getting one another's spirit instead of the spirit of God. Now, let me tell you how much I appreciate y'all not doing that today. Cause when I get out and I get real happy, sometimes I'll shake that leg. Well, I don't see hardly anybody else here doing it. Some of these little boys do. I know they do that kind of laughing at me. But yet I'm glad that you don't want my spirit. You don't want to jerk your hand or whatever like me. You want to be the way God made you, is that right? Now, a lot of pastors, that's what they want. They want their church to be little miniature Donnies or little miniature Tims or little miniature Rons. I don't, why in the world would I want you to be a little knothead Donnie when you can be a miniature Lord Jesus Christ living inside of your body. Praise the Lord, why don't you feel the same way? Why in the world would you wanna be like me when you could be like him? I've never understood that. I've never understood why people would rather act like a preacher than they would like God. But God himself decided to divide himself. Of course, this is a term we've been looking at for a couple of years now called kenosis. So he empties himself of those attributes which would forbid him from elements of time and humanity. How could the eternal ever break into, into time? So he laid aside, kenosis himself stepped out of that invisible form, which cannot be seen into a visible, tangible form in order to become like us. And when he came to the earth and when he arrived, did he arrive with a perfect character? Now listen carefully. The very character of Jesus himself was molded by suffering. Is that what the church age book tells us? So the character of the Lord Jesus being the created son of God was not perfect, by perfect I mean complete. Remember there's two Greek words used in the New Testament and we use the one English word perfect but it means two different things. One word is sinlessness and the other word is lacking that which is to be completed. So he was here on the earth, totally sinless, but he laid aside the completion of himself and he's going to regain it, not by creation. So whenever he gets back into that amorphous body, he will not speak himself back into perfection of character. So he lays aside that character before he comes down to the earth. And when he arrives, he arrives like us, lacking things in his character. So, how will he get them back? Now, remember, if he's going to be the diamond that comes from God, and chips of himself is going to come off and get in you, however, God gives him his character, is how God is obligated to give you yours. Is that right? So what does he do? He allows his own character to be molded by the things he went through. So he had to step out of this being of completion and perfection and lacking nothing to having a character which needed to be worked on. I remember Jesus never had a temper like us. Jesus never you know, said words that he shouldn't say or nothing like that. But it was that element of character molding that can only come through the instrumentality of human beings. Human beings can be some of the greatest of God's creation and other times they can be sorry, rotten dirt bags. Boy, I didn't get very many amens on that. And yet, what was it that God used to mold the very character of the Lord Jesus? Donkeys, cattle, sheep, giraffes, horses, elephants, flies, fleas, gnats, bees. What was it? People, 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 not good people now. Generally, the people that are used to mold our character, a lot of them will never even be saved anyway. They won't even be saved. No, they won't. As a matter of fact, you will judge them in the day of judgment. Because a lot of them will never embrace your God and your truth. But yet, they are on the negative side, on the side of darkness, and they will gouge you and get at you, and it just seems like they're not happy if they're not causing you trouble. How I many knows what I'm talking about? You going anybody like that you work with or works for you or your mama or your daddy? I mean, I mean and there's something about it that it just really, Irks us, as we say, and you know, all that people, and they can just so affect you. You're having such a great day, and you get a text from Mr. Irksome himself or Miss Irksome, and it just almost sends a chill up and down your spine, and they just really rub you the wrong way. And you, you I, I would to God, God would send lightning down out of heaven and, and absolutely annihilate them. No, you don't say them things. You're too angelic. You think them. And yet, God himself may have been the very one that allowed you to come in contact with that person and let them cross your path. Because those others who are so nice to you and so wonderful, they never bother you, they never bring any of those, you know, those weak things out of your character, but it's those other type of people that do. And when they do, it really shows what we are. Now, I'm sure this is probably not hardly for anybody that's here present today. It's only for the streamers. Erica, honey, this is for you. You need to straighten up. Some of you sorry people over in Norway that's streaming us right now, would you bunch of sinners get right with God? Some of you people in Johannesburg, you brothers over in Greenland, you folks in Iceland, you folks in Germany, I would to God, you people would get right with God so I could preach where all these holy angels live. I am preaching where you live. That's why you're quieter than a mouse this morning. You might as well go ahead and loosen up because you ain't gonna shut me down. You ain't gonna freeze me out. And God allows things like that to come toward us. And if we're not careful, we'll become so discouraged by looking at the past in between the time we're in and out of the furnace and things that are going on to trust that we will lose scope of what it's all about. It's for our good. Trials that seem like will bring us to our knees time and time again. And we wonder, why Why should this happen to me as a child of God? I'm a member of the bride. I believe this message with all of my heart. Reread what Peter said. Think it not strange, beloved that some of these things will come upon you to try you as though some strange thing. This is not strange at all. As a matter of fact, if you've got the Holy Ghost and the devil ain't trying you, I question your Holy Ghost because if you've got the Holy Ghost, every devil in hell hates you. When you get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, it's like God puts a great big target on your back about that big and all of a sudden, you walk out of the honky tonk, you walk out of the world, you walk out of the darkness of the light that you've been living in and the Spirit of God fills you with the Holy Ghost and you're so happy but you didn't realize at the same time the Holy Ghost fell on your soul and God put a seal on your soul. He put a great big old red target about that big on your back and you're thinking what in the world went wrong there ain't nothing wrong there ain't nothing out of cater you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do come on somebody and preach with me this morning I'll tell you what we're here for we are here to upset hell we are here to set the captive free we are here to make the devil mad and yes he will get mad but if you can't take it then get out of the way but if you're ordained of God. I say that we rise out of the hash that some of us are in today and let's dust off our clothes out of the ashes and say "All right, devil I put up your lip long enough. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. Yes I'm being tried. Yes I'm being tested and yes I will overcome because he sees in me a seed of his own making. I am a chip off of the old diamond. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! I am bride, I am elect, and you can't stop me! Or you can come in and sit down and reckon what he's gonna to preach today. I don't know, but he'll be skinning the sure as the world. Reckon he don't get tired of whooping on people. What well, if you want me to preach her, live her? she come I shall not be, I shall not be moved by the song leader or the preacher or the teacher too. Just like a tree that's planted by the waters, I'm sitting in this pew or chair and I shall not be moved. Oh, glory to God. And the devil's got you right where he wants you because you sit there and look around and the next thing you know, church is done gone and what have you contribute? What have you done? What have you given? Do you realize, friend, every one of us are gonna stand before God. Every service that we participate in around the world, no matter where they are, we're gonna stand before God. What are we gonna give an account for to the Lord that day? Or is he gonna say, why did you even go to church? Why did you go, you never clapped your hands, you never raised your hands, you never even lifted your voice, but yet didn't I see you at the ball game with your granddaughter? Oh, Jesus, I better get back here, out of range rock throwing distance. When you down at that soccer field, was that not you, my daughter, going, ah, ah,
1: ah, 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 She got it, she got it, she got it!
0: What? Kicked a stupid ball and you scream like the world's on fire? And God saved your soul. And you sat in church. Oh my no. <laughs> So I tell you what I want you to do for the next six months. I want you to reverse roles. So the next football game you go to, baseball, soccer, whatever it is. I want you to change and say, now, this is the way I act in church. So this is what I'm going to do when my grandson hits a home run. And the grandson knocks it plumb out of the park. And you sit there like you do in church at me. and your grandson goes to first, second, home, and there he is, and he's looking at you. Grandma, grandma, grandpa, and you're saying, nice. Nice. Well, glory. Now what do you think your grandson's gonna say? He's gonna come up to your grandma, grandpa? How come you weren't standing up? How come you didn't you say, I, I won that game, Grandma. I won that game. I, I did a home run. I've never done that before. I don't know. That, that's nice, honey. What you do you going to do? He said, Mama, what happened to Grandma? She acted like she didn't love me. Oh. So if you don't use your emotions to react is that a sign that you don't love whoever it is you're talking about? <laughs> Thank you. Here comes old Fritz. Let me share this with you then. I know my Redeemer lives. If we were put here for a purpose, then there is nothing. Say it with me, there is nothing can destroy us until God's purpose is fulfilled. Nothing can harm us until that purpose that God has put us here for has been made manifest. Oh, Brother Donnie, it's getting so dark, it's getting so bad, I'm afraid the whole bride's gonna be lost. You need to listen to this sermon. Again, and again, and again. Then you need to listen to the sister sermon of this. Preached two years later, one of them is called, I Know My Redeemer Liveth, and the other one is called, I Know, and you get so energized, if you got the Holy Ghost, coming out of that that you'll realize there ain't enough devils in hell to stop the purpose of God. Nobody's gonna stop this bride from being being who Jesus wants her to be. Why, because he cut up himself and gave you and you and you and you a portion of that diamond and he's molding and cutting and shaping us to we can be what he wants us to be and when he gets all the diamonds cut around the world, he will call for his jewels to come home. Hallelujah. Then he will gather us all. No matter how much trouble we have, how much heartaches and sorrows we go through, all these are reasons, and there's a reason for it. Do we understand his reasons? Of course we don't, but we trust him. God's purpose can never, how many believes it? Never be defeated there is nothing can defeat it. So how sad and how depressed and how long-faced how what? Well, let your face know it, would you? How happy ought we to be today resting upon that beautiful
1: revelation
0: But you see, friends, the reason a lot of us aren't happy is because this is not revealed to us. It's just a beautiful quote, not a beautiful revelation. If God reveals this to us, I don't care what we face. We know there is a peace in the middle of storms. There's a great joy in the midst of trials. Oh, that's right. Notice, I love this. He said, what God has imagined in his mind, what God has purposed in his heart. Now he imagined it in his mind, purposed it in his heart to bring to pass there is no demon. There's no power. There is nothing can ever separate God's great, immortal, eternal plan. It must be as God has said. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And the church said, It is a purpose of God, listen to this now, to to give us the blessed Holy Spirit. It is a purpose of God to show us signs and wonders and miracles. Well, glory. I realize a lot of the folks in the message don't want that no more, but I personally believe we're in need of these more than we've ever been. We've got sick folk everywhere. We've got folks that the doctors are saying, we don't know what to do to help you. I believe the supernatural God wants to manifest himself. Anybody in here with me today? Why, because anywhere God is, there is supernatural taking place. Let people call us Pentecostal. Let them call us whatever they wanna call us. You call me that if you wish to, but when the rapture comes, call me gone, because I ain't gonna be here. How can I say days of miracles is past when every person here today that's saved is a miracle? Every person here today that has the Holy Ghost is a miracle. You're standing here today by the grace of God, because you're one miracle after another, after another, God desires to display himself. And no, Satan cannot stop it. Let me read this again, is it a purpose of God to give us the blessed Holy Spirit? It is a purpose of God to show us signs and wonders and miracles it is a purpose of God and nothing you hear me I don't care how cold and indifferent some of the message people get it ain't gonna stop the bride all the message people ain't bride no way I know it hurts your feelings acknowledge that but you might as well prophet tells us power of transformation every revival produces a set of twins and we've got one too. They look like us, they even talk like us somewhat but the difference is they've got different daddies. Our father is the word. We don't cut and splice and take out what quotes we want and what quotes we don't want. We lay them aside. We don't cut and splice scriptures. We believe every word God said. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what's against you. All powers of hell might wager against it, but it will prevail. You understand, down through time, God in his sovereignty would not let every demon do his full capability. Not only have the seals come open in this day, but the gates of hell have opened themselves. Hell has enlarged her mouth, and the gates of hell are open and after everyone. Come on, children. Don't you understand why so many of the churches are compromising on the day we're living in and joining up with the homosexual agenda, the transgender agenda. Don't you understand why that is? The Sodomites are knocking on Lot's door, and Lot is letting them in. Well, come on now. I said the sodomites are knocking on Lot's door and Lot is letting them in. Oh, Brother Donnie, wouldn't you allow somebody like that to come back to our church? Yep, you can sure come that way, but we want you to come that way, but not leave the way you came. If the power of God is here, he can deliver you from that evil thing because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh my, I received a text yesterday from one of the brothers of our church who had taken his wife away on their anniversary. He sent me a picture of a church in this large city. And they had a sign on the outside, everybody welcome. Of course, they had the rainbow sign and you know what, all that sort of thing. And he said they'd been walking around this great city in America and seeing one church after another flying their flags. What is it? Sodom, invading Lot. But you don't find Abraham flying a transgender flag. You don't find Abraham flying a six colored rainbow flag. Come on, somebody. You don't find Abraham over there calling them perverts brothers. But whenever them perverted bunch of people knocked on Lot's doors, Lot said, do not so wickedly, my brethren. sodomites, his brothers. Look at his daughters, where did they see that sexual perversion of getting their father drunk and committing incest with their father? Sure never learned that in Abraham's tent. Now come on, don't get quiet on me. They've done seen your face on camera anyway, you might as well say amen. They know you come here. They probably drove by and seen your car sitting out there, so you might as well go ahead and say amen. You're identified, I'm glad to be identified with an old-fashioned gospel of Jesus Christ which sets the captive free and delivers people of such evil spirits. Glory, there may be teachers, there may be isms rise, there may be great programs rise, there may be things that look like that it would be destroyed, but it can never be destroyed. It is the purpose of God to see that it will prevail. Praise be to God. You know, Iran, I feel sorry for them. You know, Iran used to be Persia. And they were a great empire at one time. But they've got this thing about Israel. They absolutely hate them. And they're gonna destroy them. As a matter of fact, Nasrallah, the main guy of Hezbollah and some of the other terror programs said just last week, we will blow Israel back to the Stone Age. and I read that, I thought, nope. I'll tell you, who is gonna take them back to the Stone Age, though? It'll be the Lord Jesus. That stone that was cut out of a mountain, the Stone Age is coming.
1: <laughs> oh, glory to
0: God! Oh my, Putin has got his big bomb called the Tessar, the largest nuclear man-made weapon, of course, that's ever been designed. And it's horrific the amount of devastation and destruction that they say that it can accomplish. But every born again child of God sitting here today, you can lay down on your bed tonight and not worry about nuclear fallout. You don't have to worry about Putin. You don't have to worry about Russia or Iran or Iraq or your neighbor, because God is the only one who can go,
1: hallelujah,
0: complete what he's ordained. Satan cannot stop it. Israel is totally surrounded, like you are. They got the Mediterranean over here, Egypt down here, they got Lebanon, they got Iran, a good ways over. Everywhere around them, they got enemies everywhere. And every one of them out to get them. And them poor old dumb Palestinians, living right next door, wanting them to bomb them with the atomic bomb. You say, duh, <laughs> so where do you all figure you, you gonna go? That that nuclear fallout would make it unlivable, uninhabitable, they say for hundred and fifty years. So you're wanting them to bomb you, and you know what? Divide section A, B, and C. You know what A, B, and C is? No, probably not. Well, they divided Israel. So they got a section A, a section B, a section C. When we was there a few years ago and going into Bethlehem, that is under Palestinian control. So you've got a little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie, and you see a minaret over here and a minaret over there, which is the sign of Islam. You go down through, and there's section A and section B, our guide could not even go into Bethlehem because he was a Jew. His homeland, how could it be? Because they compromised on God's word years ago, and now the enemy's got their land. Is that what we want? We want the enemy to have our peace. We want the enemy to have our joy and stick up his minarets here and there. I say, it's time we tear them down.
1: Hallelujah!
0: And say, Satan, you're not building your memorial on my ground, get out. So you imagine, here's a Jew. He's not even allowed to go into Bethlehem. The Galilee, do you understand what they're calling the occupied West Bank? You know where that is? Galilee and Samaria. And they're calling Israel the occupiers. That's why they hate it when they dig out stuff out of the ground and they find Israel's heritage laying buried down in the dirt. So they find this king and they find this signet. I read you one six or seven months ago when they had dug down the streets of Jerusalem just three months ago, three and a half months ago, they uncovered the original pool of Siloam. The Bible says they would go up to Jerusalem and they knew there had to be an ascent somewhere. They have just found just recently the original steps that went from Siloam up to the Temple Mount and they found rings down inside there. They found a a stamp on the other side in the city of David and it was of one of the scribes in the book of Jeremiah. Of course, the Palestinians don't like that because that tells them they were there before they were there. That's the way the devil wants to tell you, you don't belong to God, you belong to me. But God digs and digs and digs and goes past this and that and the other and God wants you to see your seed. Hallelujah, God wants you to see who you are if he can have a minister that'll dig past all your complexes, all your fears, all your anxiety and say, Here, child, here, say who you are. Say who you belong to. You don't belong to the world. You don't belong to the devil. You belong to me. Hallelujah. It can never be destroyed. It is the purpose of God to see that it will prevail then it's not up to me or it's not up to you. Whether it will be destroyed or not, it's up to God. Oh yeah, we're gonna do our part, but it's not me that'll make this work. It ain't you, God will do it. We can rest assured on it, listen to this, God will never let our heritage be destroyed. Can you imagine what an awesome thing it must have been about nine months ago when they're in the city of ancient Shiloh or Shiloh of Hebrew. We've stood there, Carol and I, We saw them digging up a Roman capital, actually, while we were there. Capital, the top, goes on a post. They get back to Caligula's time. And they found a place where all these bones and skeletons of animals were. And then they found steps. And they found a place where water had been. And the man said, the way it was centered on Shiloh, it was the place where the holiest of holies would have been in the tabernacle. Hundreds of remnants of bones. What was it, speaking of their heritage? I don't care what the president of France says. I don't care what the Italian prime minister says. I don't care what Trudeau from Canada says. That land belongs to Israel, like it or lump it. God gave it to them, and the left is not going to change it. I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what your friends say. I don't care what your mama says or what your daddy says. If what they say is contrary to God's word, if God laid that heritage of the sea life inside of you, there ain't nobody going to stop you. Oh, Brother Donnelly, I've got such a bad habit. I can't get Drinking can't stop you, pornography can't stop you, anxiety can't stop you, oh hallelujah! There is nothing gonna stop you because God laid your heritage in you before the foundation of the world and nothing's gonna stop you. It's your heritage. It's my heritage to be a son of God. It's my heritage to give birth our heritage as a church to give birth to our young people. Not just let them be members of our assembly, but pray with them till they're so full of the Holy Ghost they turn hell upside down. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me close. God will never let our heritage be destroyed. For it's his purpose to give it to us. But Brother Donnie, the scientists say, and and, and the great theologians say, and the great teachers say, "Uh uh-huh, I hear you. You see, the great theologians, even Bible study and theologians, said that Pontius Pilate never lived because they couldn't find no history. But several years ago in Caesarea, whenever they was out there digging around, I like to dig, don't you? They was out there digging around here and they found this Roman Colosseum, beautiful place, right on the, right on the seaside, awesome place. And they had these long stretches of sand where they would race and they had the the Roman circus and all their hell right there. And they got over to looking around at the Colosseum and somebody happened to get down on their knees. That might be a good place to start. And there was all these solid stone steps and somebody was down on their knees kind of digging around and they happened to look up And when they looked up, there was a stone that had been carved in that Colosseum that had been there for 2,000 years, dedicated in the memory of Pontius Pilate. Woo! once again, God's word is proven true. Let me tell you something. I don't need a rock in a coliseum to you. I don't need them to find a clay pot over here and a pot over there. I have the mind of Christ, and with the mind of Christ, he projects to us as his children something more sure than a rock. It's a revelation of his word. You're talking about grace. Listen to this next quote. No matter how indifferent we seem to be at times and how strange things go and how the church gets in this condition and that condition, it's all in the divine purpose of God to mold us and make us in his own way who knows how to fashion the material more than the creator. Can I share one more with you? It just goes to show that nothing can defeat his purpose. Not even death can defeat his purpose. Abraham was as good as dead, and Sarah's womb had been dead for 40 or 50 years, but nothing can defeat God's purpose. Her body was old, it was wrinkled. The milk veins had dried up, her heart was so weak, it could not have went through labor. But God let us know that his purpose will not be defeated. He changed Sarah and made her a young woman again and took a man a hundred years old and turned him back to his youth. No matter how unreasonable it may seem, God gave the promise and Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong giving God praise. praise. For he judged him that he was able to perform what he had promised. And the church said, do you judge him faithful? He promised a rapture, will there be? You believe you're part of it. He promised there'll be a people around the world. Will there be? Yes. Will the dead in Christ rise? Will you see your loved ones? Will we be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye? We judge him faithful. Praise God. Praise God. Let's bow our heads together. Got this request here for sister Judy Davis. She's been taken to the ER with irregular heart rate. Dumb devil, you picked the wrong day to do that. Saints of God, gather together. Let's pray for our sister right now. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, may the Spirit of God go to our sister. Lord, you see what's the cause of this irregular heart rate. Father, we thank you for what doctors can do. We thank you for medical science. But Lord Jesus, we also know there's times they don't have the answers, so they try this and try that. We're grateful for the trying. But Lord, we believe that you're a present help in the time of need and trouble. Lord, we remember not just a few months back, with Sister Ruth Garland back there, Lord, escaped out of this life, looked like for a few moments, however long it was. But apparently it was not her time. You brought her back. Lord, we believe you're the same Jesus right here today. So we pray for Sister Judy. May the Spirit of God touch her. And I say to Satan, you are a liar. You cannot take her until God is done with her. Back off, death. Back off, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. How many has a need today in your life? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Would you lay your hands over on one another if you wouldn't mind? You see, Jesus didn't say these signs will follow just preachers. But these signs shall follow them that believe. Brother my. Mike, Get my handkerchief out of my coat for me. I believe there's believers in this place. There may be folks standing by you that are riddled with pain, anxiety. Maybe they're depressed and so sad. But whatever their need is, if we join our faith together, I believe right now God can move for them. You believe with me? Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we bring our brothers and sisters before you. Hallelujah. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, may the presence of God move right now for every one of these people, Lord. Not only these that are visible, but those that are streaming, Lord, no matter where they are, those that will go back and archive the service. Father, in the name of Jesus, May they pull over on the side of the road. May they bow their head right now in their office or wherever, wherever they're listening. In the name of Jesus Christ, may the Spirit of God minister to the needs of your people. Lord, I've just read what we believe to be a vindicated message from you. And your prophet told us it was part of your purpose to have signs and wonders and miracles. That purpose is not to exalt a preacher. That purpose is not to exalt a church. It's to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we can never do anything good on our own. If there's anything accomplished out of this service today that'll be good, it'll have to be you that'll do it. Father, we're calling you on the scene right now. I pray for these young sisters, I pray for these young men. Lord, I can't imagine all that they go through in this life and all that lays before them, but I believe, Lord God, from around the world, you will have a group of young people that will be valiant soldiers that will stand for you in this last day. Father, I believe part of them will be made up from Word of Life Church. But I pray for each one of them today, Father. Would you be their victory? Would you be their peace? Would you become their absolute Lord God? As we know, the prophet of God taught us that a person must have a Christ-centered life and that will become their absolute Then Lord, if they have a Christ-centered life, when they're up, they've got an absolute. When they're down, they've got an absolute because their absolute is a Christ-centered life. I pray for the sick, I pray for the weary, I pray for the afflicted in the name of Jesus. Satan, you have lost your hold on God's people. You have no legal right. In the name of Jesus, come out of this people. Come away from them, Satan, in Jesus Christ's name. You are defeated by what our Lord has already done. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God. May back trouble leave right now. May sugar diabetes leave right now. Why wait till next week? Why wait till Wednesday night? May it go from them, Satan in Jesus' name. Take your hand off of God's property. We've been digging down in the dirt and we found our heritage by his stripes. We are already here, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, you want to make your claim on us, but the Lord God already claimed us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord God. We magnify your name, Father. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But Brother Donnie, I don't feel no different. Well, I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to act like John Ryan. John Ryan, several years ago, was prayed for in the prophet's prayer line. He said, you believe? He said, yes, I believe. Come back again, said, I thought you told me you believe. Well, I do believe, but I'm still blind. He says, you take him at his word. John Ryan, of course, you know the story, sold newspapers. So it's standing on the side of the street every day. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm healed, extra, extra, read all about it. I'm healed, this is the latest news, I'm healed. People come by, laughed at him, made fun of him, friends made fun of him. One day went into the barber shop to get a haircut and a shave, and the barber was gonna make fun of him and say, hey, I heard that you went down to that Holy Roller meeting and you got healed, he said, yes, praise the Lord, the Lord healed me, isn't it amazing? God opened his eyes right there in the barber chair. So he had a lather up, glory to God, all over his face. He had that thing tied around his neck. There he goes out running. There goes the barber him. oh hallelujah. Glory to God, God chose the barber chair in order to manifest his miracle. I guarantee you one thing, the men sitting there ready to get a haircut never forgot that day at the barber shop who would have ever thought God would have chose a barbershop. Glory to God. We think sometimes he may choose a church, he may choose a doctor's office, he may choose a hospital bed. When the doctor says there ain't no hope and God said, thank you, I'm glad you've acknowledged. Now it's all mine, it's all mine. You said you can't do it, you can't do that. Now the case is all mine. Mm. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. You know, sometimes it just takes the angel a little bit to get to the neighborhood. Two sisters that had won through the prayer line. You remember the story, don't you? One of them with a stomach trouble, one of them with a big tumor. They waited and they prayed and they waited. The one sister She had made breakfast for her little kids. Said, just something, come over and said, eat the rest of that oatmeal. She said, if I eat that, it'll kill me. Oh my goodness, so she sat down and ate it, cleaned up the rest of the plates. cooked herself some more. She got so excited, she went over to her, her, her sister and the Lord in her neighborhood there, knocking on the door, and when she came in there to her, she was in there shaking the sheets on her bed. She said, what are you doing? She said, I'm looking for that tumor, it fell off. Oh, glory! Why? The angel of the Lord pass through the community. Oh, may the angel of God pass through this building today. Hallelujah. Wherever you are in need of a miracle, may the angel of God pass through your house. Whew. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's worship him a little bit. Sing something for us, hey. Oh, how many loves him with all your heart today? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord God, may this be today, that the angel of God will visit 101 Coil Run. Hallelujah. May the angel of God pass through over around Jonesville, Virginia. Oh Lord. Hallelujah. May the angel of God pass through, Lord, where Sister Judy is now. May the angel of God walk in unnoticed to most, but sensed by the elect. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. As the angel of God walked right in here a few months ago when Sister Ruth right back there, and one of our, our sisters, Lord, oh, and I saw that look on her face, and she turned around to look at the others, and I knew it was bad. Oh, glory to God. But here comes Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We need you today, Lord. We need you today, Jesus. Oh, Father, we worship you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Can we just sing and worship a little together before we go? Don't you love him, children, with all your heart? Isn't he so good to us?
1: Yes, Lord. We
0: need you. Yes, Lord. Lord God. Right now. Right now, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Whatever you need, would you just raise your hands in His presence? We need, I need, you, Lord. We need you,
1: Lord. I need you, Lord.
0: Right, right now thank you father thank you father i bless your name lord god i worship you jesus we lift our hands oh let's lift our hands,
1: our hands.
0: hallelujah jesus
1: and, and worship, worship at you. your heart hallelujah lord, we need you lord. thank you
0: lord jesus thank you lord jesus we need you, we need lord. you lord we right need you, right now. Oh, hallelujah. That's it with all your hearts. Just love him, children. Oh, Brother Donnie, I want to give him something. Give him
1: praise. Oh, need you, give him Lord. your praise. Give him your love. I need Amen. you, Lord. Right, right now. Right now, Father. Right now. I need you. I need Jesus, Oh, Lord, we worship you, Lord God. We bless oh, Your name. I lift my hands. I lift my hands. I bow my knees. Bow my knees and worship at your throne. I need you, Lord.
0: Lord Jesus, Father, you see this need, Lord.
1: Lord, when I looked at that picture, just opened my heart. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Right. dark With a man. I'm no longer a slave to fear, oh, I am a child of God, I'm no longer a slave to fear, oh, I am a child. I'm no longer a slave to fear Oh, cause I am a child of God I'm no longer a slave to fear Oh, I am a child from my mother's womb you have chosen me your love has called my name now I've been born again into your family your love Oh, I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Oh, I am a child of God. From my mother's womb. chosen me, your love has called my name. And I've been born again into your family, your love flows through my veins. Slave to fear. Oh, I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Oh, I am a child of God. A slave fear. I am a child of God. down the deepest valley looked all around there still couldn't find nobody searched all over couldn't find nobody looked high and low still couldn't find Nobody, nobody greater, nobody greater all around, couldn't find nobody, Mm -hmm. to the deepest valley, looked all around, there still couldn't find nobody. Deepest valley Looked all around there Still couldn't find nobody Well I've searched all over Never found nobody I looked high and low Still couldn't find nobody cause there's nobody greater nobody greater Jesus Hallelujah. Nobody can love me like you, Jesus. Nobody, Jesus. Nobody can heal He'll me like you, Jesus. like you, Jesus. Nobody can lift me like you, hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. is the living God. We worship you, Lord Jesus.
0: We worship you, Lord.
1: Well the devil don't like what's going on around here like what's going on around here well we don't care what the devil don't like we're gonna shout with all our might the devil don't like what's going on around here the devil don't like what's going on around here. Well, the devil don't like what's going on around here. Well, I don't care what the devil don't like, I'm going to shout with all my might. The devil don't like what's going on around here. Well, The devil don't like us shouting loud around here. Well, the devil don't like you shouting loud around here I say we don't care what the devil don't like We're gonna shout with all our might The devil don't like what's going on around here The devil don't like us singing loud around here Oh, the devil don't like us singing loud around here Well, we don't care what the devil don't like We're gonna sing with all our might The devil don't like us singing loud around here
2: been a touch of heaven here this morning, hadn't it? You enjoy the service. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Just sing a little bit more of that as you go this morning. Remember service Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, Lord willing. We'll be right back here doing it again. Been good to be in church, hadn't it? Somebody say praise the Lord. Somebody say praise the Lord. Well, the devil don't like us singing loud around here oh the devil don't like you singing loud around here well we don't care what the devil don't like we're gonna sing with all our might. oh the devil don't like us singing loud around here oh the devil don't like you shouting to the lord around here oh the The devil devil don't like Shout to the Lord around here.
1: But we don't care what the devil don't like. We're going to shout with all our might. Oh, the, the devil,
2: devil don't like us. Shout to the, the Lord around here. Just sing it as you go. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord. God bless you. Well, the devil don't
1: like what's going
2: on around
1: here. We don't care what the devil don't like We're going to praise with all our might The devil don't like what's going on around here Well, the devil don't like us singing loud around here Well, the devil don't like us singing loud around here But we don't care what the devil don't like We're gonna sound with all our might. The devil don't like us singing loud around here. Well, the devil don't like what's going on around here. Well, the devil don't like what's going on around here. But we don't care what the devil don't like. We're gonna sing with all our might. The devil don't like what's going